Previously on Oh Mr. Sheffield. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Nanny Cast. We watched episode 8 of the Nanny, the Christmas episode. Hello! And we're back for season 2. We are uh, both season 2 of our podcast and to cover season 2 of the Nanny. Should we move on to our segments? And now, we're here deep into season 2, episode 20, Lamb Chops on the Menu. A very exciting episode for me because I love puppets. Season 2. Episode 24, Strange Bedfellows. Mm-hmm. You're back, we're back, here we are, season three. Season oh, three? Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the hit sitcom from the 90s, mid-90s, The Nanny. Whoa, Toria, do you feel that? Oh my god, I think it's an earthquake. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the prestigious Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles, California... It's the Oh, Mr. Sheffield 100th episode spectacular extravaganza. And we are into season five. The blushing girl from blushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss Fine. Wow. Self-aggrandizing, maybe fun to listen to, definitely. Oh my god, I listeners, I had not heard that until this moment. It was <laughs> oh my god, isn't that fun, ladies? Ladies, definitely, isn't that fun, ladies? <laughs> ladies and gents, and I just wow, that made me smile so wide. Listening oh, good. to that. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to surprise both you and our audience with that. I made that. I put that together over the last couple of days because this is it. Season six, episode one. We are in the final stretch of doing this show. I, I, I can't believe we made it this far. <laughs> um, I guess I should say hi. Welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield. It is a podcast about the hit sitcom from the 90s, The Nanny, starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we're here. I can't believe we made it, Toria. I said this at the beginning of the last season. When I created the new file for season six, I was just like, first of all, I couldn't believe it. But then I got kind of sad. I yeah. was like, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. I can well, hear you, and I can hear you slurping sipping, that coffee. Sipping my always. coffee. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's going to be a lot this season, right? Uh, uh, Because we've got a whole final season to discuss, but we also need to figure out what are we going to do next. And this is not a gimmick. This is genuinely, Tori and I have been talking about this, I would say for two years now of like, well, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Um, And we have some ideas. And I think probably what we'll do is as we roll out this season, we'll start throwing it out maybe to the listeners to be like, what do you what do you want to hear next? Because I feel like we should do something. We can't just be like, all right, goodbye forever. <laughs> like, I know. I know. We should do something. We have all these nice people that listen to us and all this interaction. So I feel like the smart thing to do is throw it back to the listener and be like, okay, well, what do you want to, what should we all watch next? I guess, oh, basically. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm just wrapping my head around the fact that this is, this is the final season. And it's just, it's crazy. And I really, I really am hearing you slurp down that coffee. It's really good. It's good coffee. I made it really good this morning. But now we are, we got a mission because this was 
a bananas episode. Maybe the craziest episode of this show. And if this is what we have in store for us this season, I am so weird for it. Okay. Season six, episode one, The Honeymoons Overboard, written by Frank Lombardi, directed by Peter Mark Jacobson. Woo! Which I got to tell you, this was a very horny episode <laughs> to be directed by the husband of the main uh, uh, actress on the show. Holy moly. I, I had to take a cold shower after watching this episode, Victoria. I'm sorry that I was interrupting you because I was like, I have the note. This is so horny at least five times in my notes. And at one point I was like, are we even old enough to be watching this? Like, you know? Oh my God. We'll get there. We will get there. Um, but- I was like, should I have saved this episode and watched it with my wife? <laughs> I, know. I know. I was partly like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's appropriate for us to be watching this. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah. We start with a quick recap of events, uh, which was partially what inspired me to do that recap at the beginning of the show. But basically, we we see the end of last season. Fran and Maxwell are on their honeymoon. They're on a boat. They're going presumably to some destination. Maxwell's like, I want to take a picture, right? He says she wants yeah. to take a picture. Yeah. He's like, you look so beautiful in the moonlight. I'm going to go get my get my camera. Which, listen, this whole thing could have been avoided if people had cell phone cameras by this point, because he wouldn't have had to go anywhere. So, yeah, but then he wouldn't have been present. So, you know, I that's think it's, true. He wouldn't have been in the moment. But so, um, but so he goes. She yeah. tries to primp. She falls overboard. He comes out, and he he dives in to save her. And that was the end of season five. Yes, we then cut to season six with and and no time has passed you know no. uh, it's literally day the, after the wedding yeah the next yeah. morning after the reception niles comes down the stairs into the kitchen and he's super hungover from the party and the first thing he hears is sylvia banging on the kitchen door uh basically there for breakfast which is so funny because her daughter's not even there amazing and so she should she sits down and he starts saying that he had a horrible dream where Santa Claus was trying to have his way with him. And as soon as he says that, Cece comes down the stairs hungover, and she's in this red and white, like, satin robe that looks just like a Santa robe. Yeah. I screamed. (laughs) Yeah. So we realize that Niles and Sylvia, sorry, Niles and Cece, Niles and Cece, they either hooked up or they came real close to it, but I think we can assume. And this is one. Of, this already, this line made me laugh out loud because Cece looks. They like they look at each other, and she's just like, "No one can ever know that this might have possibly happened." And then Sylvia goes, Sylvia goes "I can't talk if my mouth is full." And Cece's like, "I'll make the pancakes," and Niles yeah. is like, "I'll make whatever." Yeah, just like just the way she's like basically like um like blackmailing them like. Yeah, like if I won't talk if you give me breakfast. Yeah, it's fun that she immediately resorts to extorting them. Yes, <laughs> for yes. food. Yes, and they start, but then the the phone rings yeah. and um, Niles picks it up and he's like, "Oh my god, it's the Coast Guard." Mm-hmm. Um, the yacht that Fran and Maxwell were on like reached its port without them on it. And at first, Cece's like, "Well, that doesn't really mean anything, right?" And then. Uh, Niles is like, apparently, like, there was a tray of hors d'oeuvres left on the yacht untouched. And Sylvia just screams, my daughter is dead. 
<laughs> and that is like the cold open of this episode. And she faints. She faints yeah, into, she faints. into uh, Cece's arms. Cece catches her. <laughs> then we cut to the opening credits. And um, so we, we've just established that you know, now everybody knows that they are, in fact, missing. Well, wait. And, Mm-hmm. A couple important things to note this season. Did you okay. notice in the credits? Oh, you're gonna hit. You're gonna hit the trivia button right now. Oh, oh you gonna, you were gonna save that for trivia. Well, I have something else we can talk about in trivia. So okay, so yeah, on. so let's talk about it now because I think it's it's neat that like mm-hmm. the the opening credits, while basically being the same, now have additional names attached. So do you do you know it, all three so, people? Right, it was three people. Mm-hmm. It is um so Renee Taylor, mm-hmm. who is uh Sylvia, and Gilbert, who is Yetta, and Rachel Chagall, who is Val. Yep. They are now credited as starring during yes. the show. So they are now series regulars, they are no, no longer co-stars or guest stars, which means we're gonna see a lot of them this season, which is very exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that usually happens in sitcoms. Well, at least it used to in the days when sitcoms got Many, many seasons um, where like the last couple of seasons, they would start to give some of the people that were, you know, co-stars, starring roles, which usually just means like it just translates to a pay bump generally and mm, more appearances so- on the show. So it's cool. So fun. So awesome. Yeah. Um, and so then we're done with the opening credits. We cut to B-roll of a beach and the ocean on like some sort of almost like Caribbean island. Um, and Fran still in her wedding night. Eat, like nightgown is lying face down on the sand like seemingly dead <laughs> then but then she pops up and she like gasps for air and she's like again sopping wet she looks around she sees maxwell who's also lying unconscious and she goes and like shakes him awake and they like hug and they kiss and they're like oh my god i'm so glad you're okay i'm so glad you're all right and then i wrote they're soaking wet but they're both in great shape and i did not even know what was like supposed i did not even know what was coming later but i wrote they look like they could be on the cover of a romance novel yes that was my first note very much intentionally which but i didn't know it was intentional i just thought they were looking fine and then i also thought it was interesting this first shot appeared to be shot on location Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the episode, once we cut back, like we like we get this scene and then we cut away. And then for the rest of the episode, when we cut back, they're clearly on a soundstage. So I thought that was interesting, too. They, so they must have grabbed this at some point. Um, yeah. And then and then we're like, we're not going to shoot the whole thing outside on the beach because well, it's it, hard. It looked it was also it seemed like a windy and cold day. Yeah. Yeah, like it's an, tough. The, the elements are really tough when you're doing something like this. And like they wanted them to be all over the sand and, and you know, and they're half naked. So I, I get why they probably just went into a studio where it's warm and nice. And then, yes, yes. I mean, it looked like an unpleasant day of filming for sure. Yeah. And then after calming each other down, they decide they're going to walk around the island and like see if they can, you know, find anyone. Like maybe it's not deserted. And again, they have no idea where they are. So then we cut back to the mansion. The whole family, um, they're sitting around the dining room. And they, there's also like paparazzi outside the house because now like the basically the media has caught wind that like, you know, famous Broadway producer Maxwell Sheffield and his wife are missing. I also, d- did you notice Maggie has a, a new haircut this season? Yes. Um, it's, it's shorter. It's very on trend for um, this time period. Yes. And I would say like, that was on trend in the 90s. 
there was probably a good 20 year period from then till now where like no, no woman her age, or I would say no, like college girl, her age would have gotten their haircut. Hmm. You and, know, and, and now you, it's not, it's still not back in fashion. You're saying I mean, that's still too old of a haircut for a college age girl. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't, hmm. I mean, no, maybe now it's hard for me to say, cause I don't know what the youth is up to. And now I think that, <laughs> um, that era is, is back, but, but it's just something that like, you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen like even when I was in college like mm, you know interesting. Uh, six years later yeah um uh, but anyway but she looks great because she, she is a gorgeous young lady yep. and uh, I would say Brayden and, and Gracie they kind of look the same as where we left them like they had yeah. you know um, no major growth spurts or anything like mm-hmm. that they basically look this she she looks a little bit older but not by much like it does it's not like she changed as drastically as she changed between season four and season five. Yeah. And like, you know, n- now it's almost like, you know, you look at <laughs> Maggie and you're like, oh, this this woman could be like cast as like in a regular, like a, a show is like a series regular on like Ally McBeal or something, you know, like she oh, definitely totally. like is, looks like an adult now. Yeah. Um, But so they. Yeah, she could play a first year lawyer and I would buy it. Hey, I would buy it and I would watch that show. And um, I would. Should we write that? Maggie is a first year lawyer. <laughs> yeah. um, so, oh, wait, we can't write. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. We're on strike. Um, but okay, so we we spent a lot of time on the kids and their growth spurts, which we like to do at the beginning of every season. Yeah. But er- everyone is super miserable because yeah. obviously, like, their loved ones are missing. But Brighton stands up and he kind of like puffs his chest down. He's like, everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And now, while dad is gone, like, I am the man of the house. And, <laughs> and then he goes, Niles. And Niles goes, yes, sir. And he goes, oh, what's going to happen if mommy and daddy don't come home? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then Niles starts to cry. And he goes, I don't know. I pretend to know everything, but I'm just the butler. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job tonally of handling what really would have been a horrifying situation for all of these people and like kept it just light enough that like it doesn't feel like they're not taking it seriously but it never gets like maudlin yes yes and then then niles goes i'm nothing without him what's going to happen to me (laughs) which i looked into it it looks like that was a reference to the 1983 oscar nominated movie the dresser oh while it um that was a reference yes because then gracie goes I think they've been watching The Dresser again, which is about oh. like a sort of Shakes- a famous Shakespearean actor and his like the guy who dresses him in wardrobe and sort of what ha- their dynamic throughout a huge mm. um, a like, huge uh, Macbeth uh, show, mm, like an and, early Phantom Thread. Yes, I never I, saw the Phantom Thread, no, 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 so I don't know. No, Phantom Thread is about a dressmaker. Speaking of horny, that is a horny ass movie. But no. Oh the wait, dress- hold on. Let me just add that to a list I got here. Okay. <laughs> let me just go take a quick, quick beat. Watch that. Watch that. Um, but so the Phantom Thread, horny. No, it's it's horny in like a gross, weird, like um, who's that actor? What? Ray Fiennes? Isn't he? No, 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 no. It's it's someone who retired. Who's like. Method, who played Abe Lincoln. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it's a Daniel Day. It was Daniel Day mm. Lewis's last film before he retired, and it's very odd, but very good. But anyway, okay. So mm, the, okay, the, well, hold on. Uh, horny, <laughs> weird. <laughs> little, st- <laughs> put a little asterisk. <laughs> well, but I was going to say, so um, the dresser, while it was Oscar nominated and critically acclaimed, it was one of those movies that then kind of just faded into obscurity. Like people don't really talk about it. Who's but in it? 
Do you know? Albert Finney and Tom Courtenay. Who and whom? <laughs> they British actors. I I, I know. Oh. I went down a rabbit hole when they wow. referenced it. Um, we should we should watch. <laughs> I want to. Yeah. Um, it's apparently very good. But so Gracie's like, I think they watched the dresser. But anyway, they all hug and like embrace, and they're super sad. And then Sylvia starts to lose it. And, and she's like, you know, I, I normally, I can feel a connection to my daughter and I can't feel her. Like, I don't know if she's alive or dead. And, um, the girls try to console her and she's like, how could you be so calm? Your daddy could be dead. Which was <laughs> so cruel and funny. And then Cece comes in with one of the, uh, paparazzi. Oh, by cameramen. the way, the mm-hmm. payoff to this Sylvia plot to this, like, I can't feel her thing uh-huh. is the worst <laughs> it, made me, it made me so unhappy what the final payoff was and i'm like oh really that's kind of gross it's the worst and the best and we'll get into it we'll get into okay, it okay. hey if we were more sex positive people we'd think it was the best but we're just sex negative. Uh, it's <laughs> funny i mean it was very very funny i'll give it like it was very funny well but so cc comes in okay. with a cameraman and she's pretend this she was this was give her, great <laughs> give her an oscar for this like yeah. she, she comes in and she's like pretending to cry with the family and she's like oh like you know i just have so much faith we're gonna find them and she says something and she's like you know and no and she and then she somehow slips in that they currently have a revival of bye bye birdie and that yeah. the box office opens at 8 a.m and she says it like directly into camera and then goes <laughs> They have a lot of living left to do. <laughs> and Lauren Lane is so funny in this moment. The way that she like pretends to be sad, plugs her shelves in a super self-interested way, and yes. then instantly turns back to crying was I was just like, oh my God, I love her so much. Um, and then this is when things really take a tonal shift in this show in a way we have never seen before. Okay. Not to this extent at least. So we cut back to the island. Mr. Sheffield, he's building like a shelter from palm leaves. And now they're all like super tan. And like, you know, his, his, you can see his arms, which are kind of like oiled up. And he now is like rippling muscles. And Fran's having this big meltdown about how she like, can't believe this is their honeymoon. And she just wants to be like in a hotel and this and that. And he basically, and they they basically start bickering because he's (laughs) almost like, you know, like, you know, be quiet, stop it. Like, if we're going to get through, like, if we're going to get through this, you need to listen to me and you need to stop this. And he's like, go pick up wood for me. And she, and he kind of like grabs her by the shoulders and like shakes her. Yeah. And then, and then he... (laughs) (laughs) John again is like I'm just gonna gonna go on mute for a second (laughs) but then then he's like and I'm sick of you tripping over this dress and he literally grabs the like the end of the long nightgown and like rips it off so now it's like a short skirt and she literally like you can tell like she is starting to get turned on AF by this display of like masculinity and so she kind of like starts like you know, she goes to pick up some twigs and he starts to like, um, try to light a fire with some twigs. And we see again, like his arms and muscles are rippling. And then she kind of like <laughs> takes her sweater off. So now you can see her sh- or not her sweater. She kind of like, you know, pulls the straps down on her nightgown and you can see her, sh- her shoulders. And then this music starts to play. So, okay. And- Throughout all of this, 
here's what my notes look like. First of all, I do want to call out that that the Fran and Maxwell both calling out for Niles to try the poisonous berries, the potentially poisonous berries. Well, that doesn't come till that doesn't come till a beat later. Oh, that's after this. That's right yeah. after this. Okay. Leading up to that. My note was, man, these two are never going to get to have sex. Because I thought that's what the bit of the episode was going to be. Because at this point, that's what it appears like this is going to be. Is like, they're going to build it up and build it up. But then they're going to keep getting interrupted by something happening on the island, right? Um, <laughs> but that's not where this episode goes. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. Instead, Strangers in the Night starts to play. And then it's like... <sighs> You know, we kind of have like a close up of him, a close up of her, and then like she kind of does that, like, like with the. I don't know if you you can't see what I'm doing, but you know, like almost like the cat, like a cat her. going, yeah. yeah. And then like he's getting like more and more worked up, and then they just run to each other and they kiss and they fall over onto the sand, like they tumble onto the sand, and um, they're by this like roaring fire, and they start like moaning and kissing, and then he's like, oh wait. Something bit me. And I I really thought this is when they were going to do it. I was like 100% convinced it was finally going to happen. But then something bits him and half his – something bites him. Something bits him. <laughs> something bits him. <laughs> just, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so excitable right now. I just can't even get the words out. But something bites him and <laughs> – Half his body goes numb. Uh, we, I should, we should actually address this. Um, Toria has been experiencing a flowers for Algernon situation as the show has gone on, and we fully expect her to be gone by the end of this. <laughs> that would be so sad. Oh my god! Oh my! <laughs> the season god. ends with you just be like, duh. <laughs> But you have to make me feel good by being like, that's such a great point, Toria. Nanny pretty. And I'm like, she is pretty, Toria. <laughs> that's all, folks. <laughs> but so. What a horrible story. I, I hate. I hated is, school for making me read that story. This is also our second reference to that in just a few weeks. I don't know why we have it on the brain. It scarred me. That's why I but have it on my brain. Apparently, no, a listener wrote in, there is a Val Flowers for Algernon episode later this season oh no i don't i can't i'm gonna skip that up i'm not uh, it's too much another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Okay. Okay. But so later that day, we're still back on the island and Fran, she is like nursing Mr. Sheffield. And she's like, I know exactly what I need to do because this happened on Young and the Restless. I'm going to have to suck the poison out. And then we have maybe the dirtiest joke we have ever heard on this show literally ever and so she's like i'm gonna suck the poison out and she kind of goes like below frame because like he was bitten on his leg or somewhere below the waist and then he sort of like groggily and you know super ill he goes remember sweetheart don't swallow it could kill you and then she pops back up and she goes you mean my mother was right and i was like oh and Me too. She, I was like, whoa, come on. <laughs> what I mean, is this show? Yes, that was, I mean, like our, our mothers, listen, I don't even want to explain. My mom gets the joke. 
I mean, I, I don't I don't know. If my Your mom, mom gets, gets the joke. Too. But I mean, like, to the listener. They probably get it, right? Yeah, they get it. They everybody get it. You guys it. get it. Come on. Everybody gets it. Here's what we'll do. I will personally offer, if you do not understand <laughs> this joke, you can reach out to us at oh, Mr. Chef Pod on uh, on Instagram or that other place. Uh, and you can say, hey, I did not understand the joke. Sean, please explain it to me. And I will personally explain it to you I in, think, a, in a I voice think, memo. <laughs> I think I should explain it because um, it's like the open door policy at a doctor. Like, I, you know, I, I should explain it to people. Oh, it's better if you explain it? Coming from me. It's, it's less disgusting. <laughs> it's better it's coming less, from you. It's less disgusting. <laughs> from you, it seems it could seem predatory. <laughs> but anyway. All of our youngest fans reach out, and I'm like, let me let me tell you. Let me explain this to anyway, you. We'll figure out the logistics as they come. But, okay. So we then come back to the mansion and there is this incredible scene it mm. starts off like a real scene but then you soon realize it's a dream sequence because so Cece she comes out the front door of the mansion and there's all these all the press and paparazzi and she's kind of like trying to calm them all down and she's like everybody everybody yes it's been over a week since they have been missing but I am confident Maxwell Sheffield and Nanny Fine are alive and we will find them and then we cut to one of the reporters, and it's actually Niles in kind of like an old-timey reporter's outfit. And he's like, Miss mm, Babcock, like, is it true that you were in love with him first? And she's like, oh, what? What? And then we cut to another reporter, and it's Niles dressed as like a blonde woman in um, horn rim glasses. And he's like, is it true you wish <laughs> horrible things upon them? And then we get to Niles as a priest in the crowd. He's an like, Irish an Irish priest doing a flawless Irish accent. Was, it was like, fantastic. So good. And he's like, the truth will set you free. And then she's like, oh, it's true. It's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I'm sorry. And then we so cut good. to her on napping on the couch in the living room morning. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they, they kind of all shake her awake. And she confesses to everyone that, like, it's her fault because she wished that this would happen. And then Niles goes, he goes, oh, Miss Babcock, don't be silly. If just wishing someone dead can make it happen then. And then he looks at her and he's like, oh, do I really need to finish? And then they embrace, which made me laugh so hard because basically he's like, oh, no, like if just wishing someone dead can make it happen, then like you'd be dead because I wish that you're dead all the time. And because of their super toxic, hilarious dynamic, that's actually a sweet, reassuring a sweet, thing. Yes. So then they hug. Amazing. It's amazing. It's a and great then, show. <laughs> Great show. And then Cece sort of like she she thinks about it and she stands up straight and she's like, you know what? If the Coast Guard can't find them, then I will. Cece Babcock does not give up. And she's like, I've stuck by Maxwell Sheffield through 16 girlfriends and two dead wives. And then she kind of looks around and she's like, oh, one dead wife. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> yeah. And then she sort of she like, you know, marches out. Yeah. We then cut back to the island. Now, my note here for this scene is will this be a notable episode because they finally have sex? And then I wrote, when do they actually have sex? <laughs> right? Uh, well, you're you were about to get that question answered. Oh, yes. Because so first of all, we cut to a montage that's to another famous song, Music Budget Off the Hook. And it's the song that's like, I, I don't know if it's called That's the Story of Love, but that's what I wrote. It's like, that's the story of that's the glory of love is that how it goes that's the story of that's the that's, yeah, yeah 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 and then so that's playing fran is nursing maxwell back to health and i think we can assume this is happening over a period of like a couple days because i like, believe the song is called glory of love 
um, originally by Benny Goodman, but then I think that was the Bette Midler version. That That's story. Wasn't it? I don't know. I have to listen again. But Bette Midler famously does a great cover of that song. Yeah. And so um, she's like, you know, feeding Maxwell fruit and like stroking his hair and helping him she walk. Is. And it's like, and that's what I just wrote. Oh no, I didn't write that yet. But um, I and then this ends. This montage it ends with him sort of like perking up and going, "I feel so much better, darling." And you know what I'm ready for? And she's like, "I think." She's like, "I hope it's what I'm ready for." And it and then they passionately make love on the sand. They like yeah. fall backwards, right? And it's finally happening. Although you're not a hundred percent. You're not a hundred percent sure yet because this is yeah. where my notes really, really track my feelings as this episode goes. Cause then we cut to a Cece and Sylvia in a helicopter scene, which is a oh. great scene. Oh, and I haven't all read, isn't this plotline bad shit? Yeah, like crazy. <laughs> and Cece's holding binoculars. Like she she is clearly um Oh my god! And you know, some mornings I just lose my words. You yeah. know, when you when you hire a helicopter, it's not like commissioned a helicopter. It's she has something a helicopter. She hired a helicopter. No, but there's a there's commandeered. A, no, she has. I can't think of it. All she right. is something a helicopter. It's <laughs> it's what you do when you <laughs> when you book and pay for one of chartered. She char- mm, chartered a helicopter. I think that's only for ships. I think you charter a boat. I don't think you charter or a plane. No, you do charter a plane though. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Listeners We're- weigh in. <laughs> Regardless, she <laughs> is she and Sylvia are in a helicopter. They're scanning the coastline for Maxwell and Fran. And they also then get in a screaming fight where they wrestle over a giant bag of candy because um, the helicopter pilot says that they're going to have to turn back soon because there's too much weight on the, on the <laughs> vessel. Um, and so they're like blaming each other, but then they both, they both kind of get a handle and they actually apologize to each other because they're like, we shouldn't be fighting, you know, in a time of like such despair, which was actually very sweet. Yeah. Um, and then Sylvia, she starts to cry again because she's like, I just, I still can't feel a connection to my daughter. I've always felt a connection to her my whole life. And, and this is like really scaring me, right? And I, I felt so bad for her because I do think like a mother really would probably feel that way, like in these in this type of situation, right? Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> we cut back to the island and the camera, we the camera is like from above and Mr. Sheffield and Fran, like you, they're under like this sort of like palm leaf shelter and we only see their legs entangled sticking out of it. And we are listening to Fran full on orgasming. Okay. I was shocked. And she's like reaching the crescendo and she's like, oh, Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell. And then she (laughs) literally calls out, oh, Mr. Sheffield. She does. She calls out. Great. The name of this podcast <laughs> as she climaxes. I oh the thing is when that happened, it took everything in my power not to instantly like message you and be like, oh my god, Tron. Like, oh my god. Again, I'm embarrassed. Like we have family that listens to this. I don't even but going like, forward, I, I want to isolate that and use that as the uh, uh, like a drop for the show. <laughs> oh my god. But it, and then we cut back to the helicopter and Sylvia screams, wait, I can feel her. She's alive. And, and then she looks at Cece and she goes, 
and she's a very happy. <laughs> so that's where my note then, in all caps, I wrote, they had sex and Sylvia felt it. Ha ha ha. And gross. Because <laughs> it was very funny, but well, also weird. We know, though, Sylvia is very sex positive. She like <laughs> she, congrat- she congratulates Fran when she has hickeys. She, yeah. had, she encourages no, it's really, her. Listen, to- it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just being silly. I, it's, I thought it was great. It made me laugh, too. I do have one issue with this episode, though, and I went back and rewatched the next couple scenes twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything. And maybe I did, but they don't ever explain how they get off the island. Well, I'm just assuming that that Sylvia and Cece find them because they're in, you know, because they're in like the helicopter clothes when they get back. They're in the same outfits that Sylvia mm. and Cece were wearing. It's like blue jumpsuits. So yeah, why didn't they help. just give us one second where like they go like, oh, look down there, down there. You know what I mean? Like I, we should have just gotten one second of that in the helicopter to just bridge it because it's very strange. It goes from that joke, that Sylvia line, and then it cuts to exterior shot of the mansion and then inside their home. I mean, hey, you only got 22 minutes to say everything you got to say. And there was a lot happening. Yeah, but we could have lost the stinger with the chimps and, and had it. And, 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 you know, let's be honest. We could have. Oh we could have made, to, wait, we made cut that chimp stinger. All right, all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. This episode was so horny. Fine. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We are uh, loopy because it is the big, not. I think we're loopy not just because it's the season premiere, but also just because of this episode specifically. Yeah. But so, so <laughs> we then got to Fran and Mr. Sheffield, and they are they're back at the mansion, and they are fully safe and rescued. And everyone's sort of asking them about like their ordeal, and they're talking to everyone, and you know the kids are like, "We missed you so much," and then Fran's like, "Oh, like we we missed you kids so much," and she's like, "You are all we." thought about on that island but then she kind of like looks at mr shafield with sort of like a knowing like look in her eye and then like we have this like very horny close-up of mr shafield like looking at her like just like hungrily and he's like yes you consumed our every thought and then they kind of like look at each other again like they just want to ravage each other and then fran's like oh you know we're just we're so exhausted. I, I really think we're, we should just go up to bed and we'll we'll finish this all tomorrow, kids, okay? Tomorrow. And he's like, yes, yes, tomorrow. Oh, uh, I'm so exhausted. I hardly know if I can drag myself up the stairs. Ha, ha, ha. And they like get halfway up the stairs and the kids are like, good night. And then as soon as the kids turn their heads around, they rush. They like, run. <laughs> they bolt, bolt up the stairs. To, yeah. go, to go do it again. So guys, yep. you heard it here first. Fran and Mr. Sheffield, they have officially done it. They're married. Yeah. And we're into it. And they're, we're into it. We're off to the races. Yep. And then we cut to the, what I wrote, the weirdest button we have <laughs> ever seen on the show. Um, we're back at the yeah. island. I like to pretend that this was a backdoor pilot for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go back to the island and we're back to the little shelter that Mr. Sheffield had made. And now instead of Fran and Mr. Sheffield there, there are two chimps who have, <laughs> who have found the shelter. And we get little word bubbles of what the chimps are talking about. And it's clearly a male and female chimp. And they're bickering just the way Fran and Mr. Sheffield did earlier in the episode. And then that horny music plays again. And now we have 
the chimps sort of like doing that thing where one's looking at the other and then the other's looking at the <laughs> other and then they're getting like more and more worked up and then they run over to each other and embrace and the audience literally goes oh yeah they did i'm <laughs> like in some ways i appreciated that they were like acknowledging how silly and goofy it is that they they, they kept doing the like romantic like you know, close up of him, close up of her. And like, I think the writers and Peter Mark Jacobson like very accurately knew that like, that is very funny. And it was very clearly like a parody of like those like soap opera oh, romance novels. Like, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, the it way was, it was shot, the way it was lit. I mean, it was a really, like really well-directed episode, like credit to, to, uh, to the man himself. Cause it, it, it was great that that shot where they're, <clears throat> with the fire in the foreground and they start oh. laying down behind it. And like, right as they lay down, the fire sort of overtakes the shots so or you're not seeing any like naughty stuff, but mm-hmm. like they're there and kind of rolling around. That's like an amazing, it's like a beautiful shot, especially yeah. for like a sitcom, you know? I mean, it was a fantastic homage to like, not only like the genre of romance, but like, you know, it made me think kind of like Blue Lagoon mm-hmm. and like, you know, like that whole kind of, like, it was very cinematic for a sitcom episode. Oh. And hey, as you, as Sean and I discussed before we started recording, there was a lot of like slow body shots of like Fran and uh, Mr. Sheffield. Yeah, and they looked great. They looked great. And, and, and looked- <clears throat> I got to say, based on the episode's title, when I first started the episode, The Honeymoon's Overboard, I thought they were going to go in a different direction with this episode. And I'm so glad they, I thought they were going to do like an overboard parody, which is like, she falls and she hits her head and she doesn't remember who she is. And they, you know, and he's like, I'm your husband. And, you know, and I'm so glad they didn't do that. I'm so glad it was what it ended up being. Cause it was, it was a very bizarre episode, but very funny (laughs) and like a fun way to start a season. I'm very excited for season six based on this episode. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah, and very goofy. It was not really grounded in reality, but I'm like, you know, who cares? I actually like, <laughs> I mean, I love it. Yeah. but you know, because have you I looked was- around at reality lately, Toria? It is <laughs> freaking awful out here. So, <laughs> but so okay, I that that was the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time for segments. I do too. And now segments. Oh. So. Segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. I brought it back. I'm bringing all of the segment themes out of retirement this season. I'm going to play them different themes on different episodes with <gasps> no rhyme or reason so that we get to hear all of the previous segment themes because... I don't want to write a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Although Uh, I did think it would be very, very funny if I only wrote a new one for the very last episode of the show. No, no. I want to hear a new one. (laughs) (laughs) I want a new one. All right. All right. I'll write a new one. Um. Okay, favorite lines and moments. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I said so many of mine that I actually only have one new one to say, but this made me... I, I don't know what it was about this line, but I, I like barked with laughter like twice. Like I, I laughed and I stopped and then I thought about it again and I laughed again. So it's when um, 
Sylvia is over at the mansion and she's been there all day because they're all so freaked out about like, you know, Maxwell and Fran being missing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to need to call Morty and tell him to bring my nightgown over because I'm going to spend the night. And then the family kind of like, they like all look at each other and Niles is like, is that uh, really necessary? And then she's like, I suppose I could sleep in the nude. And then she kind of like pauses and she motions to Brighton and she goes, but there's the boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just the idea. Like, does she think that like Brighton is going to like want to peep on her? Like, (laughs) Yes. I think she worries that. (laughs) But there's the boy. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't even say it the way she said it because it was so good. So, and again, also, she only refers to Brighton as the boy. The boy. She yeah. has for six years, and it kills me. Yep. Um, I mean, much like you, I think we I hit all of my moments and lines. We kind of like blew through. First of all, there weren't that many one-liners in this episode. There were a lot of great moments. We kind of talked through them. Um, and that was my one kind of moment that stood out, too. Was was that, that line I thought was very funny. The don't swallow it could kill you line was also great sylvia saying i can't talk if my mouth is full yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sylvia extorting them was a yeah for sure Not niles and brighton both melting down even though they're and just niles going i pretend to know things but i'm just the butler and i'm nothing without him. <laughs> well and the whole fight the whole sylvia cc helicopter scene honestly it was like fantastic like written and acted down to the pilot too being like hey hey Stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, oh, oh, my God. And I think huge highlight. Um, Cece's Nightmare, where N- oh, yeah. Niles is three different characters. <laughs> it was, it was uh, a great fantastic. episode. Yeah. Great episode. Um, so, so horny. I guess. <laughs> oh, horny. <laughs> uh, Yiddish. I did not clock any Yiddish in this episode, but I, I, I actually even made a note where I was like, I was very consumed by other details in this episode that, like, I feel like I could have easily missed a Who word. Who had time for Yiddish when you're this horny? I mean, that's what I thought. So I was like, I don't. There's no time for Yiddish when you're this uh, horny. There, Let's there get to was it. So much. Cl- clavage in this episode <laughs> and so much and i was like did charles shaughnessy like work out all summer to shoot this or is he is he always packing that kind of heat and we just didn't know it you know like he had he was very handsome yeah he looked great i'm sure Man. he buffed up i worked on a show where the two lead actors were quite quite frequently required to be shirtless and i can tell you for sure although those guys did like work out normal when the episodes where they had to be shirtless came up, there was like a rush, a mad rush to like pump, you know, wow. so that they looked like extra buff, like down to like right before they went on, they would like quickly do a bunch of push-ups and stuff. Damn. So I, I think it, I think probably both. I think probably he's in like decent shape, but then also he probably like buffed up a little. Mm, yeah, we, should, we should ask him. Oh, <laughs> I would love to. Oh, I would love to. If I could only ask him one question, it would be just that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, you always been this buff, or uh, what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> um. Okay, okay, so nanny trivia for this week. Mr. Peter Mark Jacobson, who again is always so generous to this podcast, and he's a listener, and that makes us like truly giddy. Um. He uh, actually messaged us on Instagram um, 
about a recent episode where Sean and I were talking about the name Chandler and why Chandler is like (laughs) featured on the show as side characters Mm -hmm. every now and then. And it turns out Chandler was his assistant's name, his executive assistant's name. Yep. Uh, So we have an answer. Yes. Which I loved, quite honestly. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's a great answer. (laughs) I'm so happy that's what it turned out to be. And again, I have never met a Chandler in real life. So they do exist. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. Crazy. Um, I have a segment. Okay. Um, this is I've done this before. Listener response. I like, do you like how I sounded suspicious? Yeah, you're like, all right, let's see what this is. No, um, this is gonna be a little listener segment because we get man, Toria, our listeners are dope and we get a lot of interaction, and I feel like we should call it out because otherwise, what's the point? You know what I mean? Why like why even get asked for responses if mm-hmm. we're not gonna do it? So Season five, episode 21, um, we asked, do you think Fran was obligated to tell Maxwell about her fling with Nigel? Why or why not? And uh, Natalie Bellevue said obligated, no, but she should have. And uh, Peacenick Zero said no, but it's complicated. Fran and Max weren't official, so he can't hold her uh, monogamous relationships to monogamous relationship standards while he's quote figuring it out. But it's his brother in all caps, uh, so I can understand Maxwell being upset. Um, and I agree with both of those assessments, quite honestly. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly where we where we came down on it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then we also uh, we had uh, Sally Parker reached out. Because uh, we said, what did you think of this one? Uh, fan of the clips or no? Um, and uh, and someone just wrote, I love everything you guys do. Sally Parker wrote, I love everything you guys <gasps> do. Which I thought was so lovely. And uh, I'm not done yet. There's more. Um, we got a very great email that I really want to want to want to talk about. Okay. So okay. this is from Bethany. And Bethany writes, Dear Sean and Toria. Greetings from Frederick, Maryland. I took the time to write you this email instead of working. I really love the podcast and I have been listening to it in real time since you dropped your first episode, which amazing, Bethany. Uh, I grew up in Amish country, so I'm quite familiar with the region and the Pennsylvania Dutch culture. And I wanted to reach out and provide you with some additional information about the Amish, uh, the Amish and Pennsylvania Dutch. I'm very excited to read this to you. It's a common misconception that the Amish PA Dutch originate from Dutch speaking regions. They were originally German and Swiss immigrants that settled in central Pennsylvania starting in the 1600s. Deutsch is the German language word for German, so the name Pennsylvania Dutch actually comes from Pennsylvania Deutsch, which is for German. Uh, uh, also historically Dutch referred to all Germanic dialect speakers, but over time it has come to be associated with Dutch speaking regions like the Netherlands. Also, not all people of PA Dutch ancestry are Amish. They have many cultural similarities because of their shared German ancestry. Many Amish people now use modern conveniences, have businesses and speak English, but still keep to themselves. My husband's late grandmother was known to use a few PA Dutch words. Uh, Another interesting fact that I wasn't aware of, and this one's really cool, uh, PA Dutch Christians and PA Dutch Jews are more alike than you might think. Both Yiddish and the Dutch language are high German languages, uh, so there are strong ties between the two languages. Yiddish is by far the older of the two, as its roots extend back to the 9th century, while Pennsylvania Dutch developed in the 18th century, and she even cites a source, which is amazing. 
Um, she also talks about the similarities between cultural and food heritage. She says when she grew up, they ate a lot of Dutch foods like Amish potato salad, chicken and dumplings, sauerkraut, potato pancakes, pickled beets and eggs, and lots of pickled vegetables. And a lot of those are very similar to like latka or kreplach yeah. soup. Um, uh, also, she said Hershey Park is still around and it still smells like chocolate. And she recommends that we visit, which we definitely should. Ah! Um, and uh, she says she's a big supporter of the work and can't wait for the wedding episode, which is now out. So I hope that she liked it. And how exciting, right? That's amazing. I'm yeah. smiling the whole way. That's so fascinating. And then um, we got um, uh, wrote in to say, thank uh, listening to to Call Me Fran, uh, the bring a Greek party was a thing, but it was actually much worse. Wait, or, bring, a sorry, geek, bring a geek. Bring a geek. But it was bring a Greek. Which would work for colleges, right? Because you would bring like a like a fraternity person. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But okay, but the bring a geek party was a thing, but it was much worse. She says, my mom, who was in college in the '60s, said that this that it was a fraternity party, and it was called a pig party. The guys mm-hmm. had to bring the ugliest, fattest girl to the party. There was a contest oh. afterwards, and she said her guy friends told her about it. I was in college in the '90s, and I don't remember anything like this happening. Although a fraternity at my school had a party where the dates had to wear underwear with a dirty saying about their date written on it. They had to then walk down a ladder out of the fraternity's house with a spotlight on their butt and all the guys were cheering. It was called a fireman's fling and it was featured in Playboy at the time. I am embarrassed to say I attended, but luckily did not walk down the ladder backwards in my underwear. My date was a total perv. I know I was dumb to even go, so I ditched him. (laughs) Wow. um, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't mention my name. I'll cut out the beginning. Um, so, and that was all the that was all the emails that have kind of collected and and built up. But I really wanted to 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 talk about those because it's really cool that people write in. If you want to write in, you can do that at oh Mr Sheffield Podcast at gmail or you can go to our Instagram or our <sighs> x dot com page. Uh, at oh mr chef pod um and for anyone who doesn't follow x formerly twitter formerly twitter Mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about it anyway Mm -hmm. we're still there um because uh we believe in going down with the ship and and that's it for me you got anything else toria nope it just you know hey it's season six final season let's go nuts Share your thoughts. Email us. Message us. You know, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. We're we're here for it, and we're excited for it, and we are we are ready to uh to land this. I was going to say land this ship. <laughs> we're ready yep. to land this plane. Yes, and we are. And start the conversation now. Feel free to please reach out and tell us what you would like to hear from us next on this feed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. So on that note, Sean. Yes. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. <laughs> <laughs>